Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Today's episode is talking all about connecting with the new experiential consumer, and we're joined with Stacey Barrick from GFK. Welcome, Stacey. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming in and talking about this super important topic. You actually presented this a little bit at the Insights Association uh, annual conference, and I'm really excited to dive a little bit deeper on talking about this experiential economy and what it means for brands. So let's dive right in. How would you define the experiential economy and how does it differ from traditional consumer patterns? Sure. So the experiential economy is really a concept that's been around for you know about 25 years. And in their seminal article in the Harvard Business Review, Pining Gilmore started to talk about welcome to the experience economy, which they defined as a unique new part of the economy that went beyond the consumer goods and services to really offer consumers an experience that was was well beyond that and not as commoditized as those other parts of the economy. And it's really something that that tapped into a feeling that people were having across the board in terms of really experiences mattering more than possessions. And so MasterCard started their priceless campaign around the same time. And a lot of attention was was really paid to the idea that companies could think about their experiential marketing and their experiential strategy, things they hadn't really thought about until it was articulated in exactly this way. And we've seen some really interesting evolutions of that over the years, as we've seen shifts in consumer values away from possessions as part of what they consider the good life and more to things like leisure time or having um, experiences and and time to enjoy them. Um, And we saw a, a real sort of exacerbation of this trend with social media and the idea that people had stories that they wanted to share with other people and experiences were much more interesting to write about and having unique experiences even more so. So the grammable life and and the most interesting things that people were doing um, really became something that we saw over the last decade or so. So you mentioned the shift in the preference from possessions to experiences. So how has the pandemic impacted that shift? And maybe talk a little bit about what are some of the consumer groups that are at the forefront for driving the demand for experiences versus possessions? Sure. So so lots of things to unpack in there, I would say, in terms of the pandemic. Um, the pandemic certainly put very experiential people, and I will say Americans are among the most experiential of consumers around the world. We do track this trend all around the world. It put them in a, a difficult situation at first because there they were locked down and not able to enjoy a lot of the experiences that they might have done before. So a lot of times we saw a big surge in possessions at that point, people wanting to have things and and electronics and streaming services and other things to make their lives better. But they didn't shy away from experiences either. As as the world adapted and the virtual experiences became the norm, whether it was watching a concert online or, or a Broadway show or doing a happy hour with their friends, those were things that they started to do to bring um, the experiences home to them. And then we even saw the, the the rise of companies that helped 
enable experiences at home. So a company called Gold Belly, which had been around for many years before the pandemic, which actually offers restaurant um, meals to people in faraway places. So it was originally designed if you were in New York and craving your Chicago pizza or vice versa, mm-hmm. you could get it from a company. They saw um, a surge in their customer base during the lockdowns as people tried to recreate those experiences of going out. So with COVID, we started to see those changes. We saw a surge of people going outdoors when they could get out there because that was safer, especially pre-vaccine. Post-COVID, we saw an explosion of revenge spending on experiences. So things related to travel and, and restaurants and going out there. But we live in a hybrid world right now. So, you know, people are really balancing in the same way we see the hybrid workplace. We see the hybrid experiential lifestyle and people, you know, sort of doing a balance of some of the great things that were offered to them for the first time in um, during the pandemic that are now continuing and really savvy businesses have learned that a hybrid experience um, strategy extends the reach of their brand. So think of um, the musical Hamilton that um, during the pandemic, it actually released um, a recording of the Broadway show on the Disney channel. And during the first week that that was available, more people had seen it than had seen it on Broadway or in any of the touring uh, companies within the United States. So it extended, you know, the the availability of something more more universally in a way that, you know, something that's hard for people to get even post-pandemic can be extended to to many more people. So there's still a focus, though, on cost cutting and bargain hunting. So how does that align with this interest in experiential consumption? Times over the years when there have been financial difficulties, we've actually seen a surge in what's called the lipstick effect, which is that people buy small indulgences, things to make them feel better. So other examples are snack foods and certainly the the surge of them during the the pandemic, Um, people wearing bright colors um, when they're feeling down, something called dopamine dressing. So all these ideas of things that people do as, as small things to make them feel better, well, experiences fit that bill as well. And we see that as as certainly people are paying more attention to their wallets than they did before, they need to prioritize, but they are prioritizing experiences. They still have that, a bit of that pent up demand that they had before the pandemic. Um, It's still very much a part of their, their psyche and things that matter to them. So we see things like travel still much, much higher than the last couple of years. We see people getting out there and enjoying experience centers, places like Top Golf or experience centers like Supercharge that opened um, the world's largest indoor go kart um, arena in New Jersey, all different uh, places like that. And what's interesting is it's not just younger people that you think of as being the most experience oriented, it's all generations. So millennials tend to be your most experience oriented, um, valuing not only you know going out in possessions Um, being less important than experiences, but also sort of the sensorial aspects of what a product can deliver. But it's not just millennials. Uh, Gen Z is interested in experiences and so are Gen X and boomers. It really cuts across all generations. Now that we, you know, you mentioned the different generations and how they're interested, they're all, it cuts across all the generations that they're interested in experiences. In general, though, let's like try to understand this consumer. 
what are the key consumer moods and the values and the, the desires that are driving the experiential economy? Sure. So, so in um, our consumer life study, we track values that are very important to consumers. And the value of enjoying life has been the fastest growing sort of value around the world over the past um, decade or two. And what's really interesting about this is when you go back to 1997, this was really a value that was most important to your youngest groups. You know, fast forward to 2022, and it's important to all generations. So the idea of enjoying life, making sure you're having fun and you're getting something beyond just the work and the other things you put into life has has become universal across generations. Um, And it's not just um, a U.S.-oriented thing. It's really something we see all over the world. Um, Now, when it comes to valuing sort of experience above all, that's a macro trend we track within um, consumer life. That's been in the top on the U.S. in particular, although we see a lot of other developing markets that you might not think would value possessions um, or value experiences over possessions also score high there. So uh, India is higher than Canada, for instance, on, on valuing experiences over possessions. But the idea that fun and enjoyment are really important is something that we see very strong in the American culture across all different age groups, and across different income groups as well. So, you know, you could potentially argue that having the 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 ability to say I value experiences over possessions is something that comes when you have a certain level of financial security to get you there. Um, but we see that that experiences can be available at all different price points and they val- are valued by people at all different income levels as well. So now that we understand the consumer, how can brands you know, effectively respond to this experiential economy and tap into this trend that's very prominent at the moment. Well, we have a a couple of really great examples of companies that have done this, and some have been sort of in places that you know, make more sense and others might be in more unexpected places. So um, there's a company called Tingly that has emerged that helps you gift experiences. So if you have a friend who enjoys experiences, you can give a price point together and put together um, a gift for them that allows them to choose from unique experiences, either in their hometown or if they happen to be traveling, to give them something that they travel. On the travel level, there's also a company called Pack Up and Go that does surprise travel packages for people who want to take that experience one one level further and, and have you know a, a no idea where they're going until they're just about to go. They give a budget, they give a, a timeline, and then they wait and see what happens. But it's not just those kinds of service opportunities or gifting opportunities that we've seen in some very unexpected places. So in cleaning supplies, in trash bags. So GLAD has released their cherry blossom um, trash bags, which are are scented and bright pink, and they have seen a lot of success in bringing even to something like your, your garbage, some experiential aspects that make it more appealing. And so um, you don't have to be a service to offer an 
experience. You can be a product. And there are many other examples of products such as Jeep that brings the experience that offers the ability to help people live the experiential lifestyle by taking them to all of those places that experiences are. I absolutely love these examples because they tap into all the, you know, obviously the expected ones, but more importantly, the unexpected areas that these experiences come from. But on the other side, are there any challenges or risks that brands should be aware of when leveraging the experiential economy? Well, I think there's a few things for them to think about. I think one is authenticity. So one of the things we see is that for diverse audiences, Blacks, Hispanics, um, Asian Americans, there is a real focus and pressure on, on having things that reflect their own culture and reflect their own ability to, um, to live a particular lifestyle. And, and companies really need to be very sensitive about offering authentic experiences. And that's also true from an international perspective. So there's a company called With Locals that helps people when they're traveling who want to have a real experience of a country as opposed to doing the tried and true tourist types of places. I will say that I myself am an experiential <laughs> consumer and I love to travel. And they're a company that I worked with. Um, I just returned from Iceland and I did a, a travel with, with them where they, I got to explore restaurants and, and sort of life that was really more authentic than what you might see if you took a traditional tour package. So I think paying attention to authentic experiences, things that are culturally sensitive, and also having a diversity of accessibility and price points, also really important. We, we mentioned earlier that regardless of income, people are interested in experiences, and experiences don't have to be expensive to be valuable. Um, I recently moved back to New York, and I participate in a website where I get mailings called Secret New York that sends out all of these things, including many, many free or low-cost adventures. For my, my birthday just this past weekend, um, my kids got me a scavenger hunt in New York, a virtual scavenger hunt. It was, I think, oh, wow. $12. And we were able to run all around New York and, and, and see different places in there. Low cost, but lots of fun outdoors and, and, and getting to experience something new. I think accessibility beyond income also really important. So paying attention to different disabilities, whether it be things related to physical disabilities or neuro um, divergence, all of the things to be really sensitive. So there are examples of different companies who are really working to make travel accessible across those um, areas, to make museums accessible, to make sure you're thinking about different kinds of consumers. So experiences really need to really think about different needs uh, for different people. Great. So as we close out this episode, I'd like for us to think ahead and just talk about maybe, you know, what are some of the emerging trends or future developments that we can see in the experiential economy? You know, I know you mentioned this has been a growing economy for a while now, but maybe what are some of the areas that we can expect to see in this space? Well, I think a couple of things. So first, I, I mentioned earlier the hybrid idea. So the idea that you know, thinking through your experiences in person matters to a lot of people. However, you still have a group of people that are reluctant to go out there, whether it's because they're immune compromised or they're older or they just can't get to places so easily. So thinking through um, what could a hybrid experience um, look like for people 
how to bring the experiences home to people. So if you're a product, what is your experiential strategy? Even if you're you're offering trash bags, you know, how do you make that something that people enjoy? The other is, tra- is tapping into other trends that we've seen grow over the last few years. Um, one is, is a focus on the outdoors. Um, I mentioned that during lockdowns or right post lockdowns, people started going outdoors to spend time there. And that is something that we've seen continue over the last couple of years, that that outdoor activities, whether it be your traditional uh, camping or your glamping, continue to grow. So helping people uh, tap into outdoor experiences, as well as nostalgia. A lot of times in, in tough financial times, in the same way we see comfort in small adult indulgences, we also see comfort in nostalgia, whether it's recreating a food memory like Gold Belly or, or recreating a time of life. So experiences that really tap into that as well, really important for people. Well, thank you, Stacy. I think today's conversation was really helpful for us to understand the experiential consumer and exactly how brands can respond to this growing trend. So thanks for joining us. We'll continue this conversation as more and more brands leverage experiences and how exactly they do it in unexpected ways. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date with the latest insights. We'll see you next time so that you can keep thinking ahead. Thank you.